Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Norman Sand is our guest this week, and if you haven't checked him out on TikTok yet, you're missing out on relatable verses with wordplay that often taps into nostalgia from our own childhoods. That being said, it's no surprise that Norman chose Ahmad's 1994 single Back in the Day to discuss this week. Should we all be diving deeper into Ahmad's catalog, or should we just leave him back in the day? Lace up your British knights and grab a Tootsie Pop, because we're about to find out. All the way live, I think I was about ten. One of those happy little niggas singing the blues that be always trying to bag with the shag and karate shoes. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder or is it one hit thunder? Norman, welcome to the show. We have a fun one today. We are talking about Ahmad back in the day. My first question was, Are you were you a fan of this song back in the day? I forgot what year this came out, but I know it was the 90s. I don't know if I was alive yet, yeah. but I just remember it playing a lot. 94, 94. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I wasn't old enough to even understand anything at that time, but I know for sure growing up the song was still in rotation everywhere i thought that this was when i first i downloaded this song online yeah. when i downloaded it it was listed as a far side song and i can 100 percent understand why it would be mislabeled as that though because like he kind of sounds like booty brown's rapping style a little bit and it's a thousand percent like if you put this on immediately after passing me by, I'd be like, yep, these are these are in the same ballpark. This could be the same artist. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, though, why, why they would mis mislabel it. <laughs> I've been listening to this album all day and 
I'm kind of a little bit curious as to why this guy was a one-hit wonder. And the one thing I will say about it, it's very 90s yeah. in that yes. the beats are very 90s. It's very uplifting, maybe a little repetitive on some of the stuff, but it, the guy has a cool voice. He has a good flow. I think <laughs> I, I, I kind of don't understand why this was his only hit. Well, I think part of it was that he didn't put out another yeah. album for 16 years. Yeah, it was the, the I think it was giant. So like, I feel bad because he was at a time where like music was kind of like controlled by certain people. I mean, there's a great story. Everybody probably knows about like Vanilla Ice and like Suge Knight, you know, like that's kind of how the music was ran in like the 90s. Right. Where right. people could give over like rights to songs just just by you dangling someone out of a a window on a roof <laughs> by their yeah, legs. Right. So like <laughs> most of the time these record these like one-off record companies didn't didn't go major and they just signed a deal with a major. They were like subsidiaries and they would go under. And when they go under, all of the artists could no longer release music anymore. So that's right. what happened to this guy probably. I'll throw another theory out there though. Like he feels like the tail end of the alternative mindful hip hop. Cause we're talking 1994, yeah. like ready to die by Biggie's yep. about to drop. Like Tupac's about to explode even bigger than he's ever been with like California love. love. Yeah. And like, like I, I think that he came out just as the gangster rap thing was about to explode. And I love this song, but I love this song because it reminds me of all of the artists that gangster rap, took oh, off yeah. the map like a tribe called Quest. yeah yeah de la soul yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you're right i mean you, but he he's what he was from south central though so he was a hood guy too like yeah Fair. i mean even though he did go to i think he this guy i i want to say this guy was one on the creative side because i've heard some of i think he has like the fourth avenue uh jones like band yes he's part of yeah avenue and, I, jones, and which, I think they're like alternative a little bit they're alternative they're also i think they might be a christian group that's which kinda, <laughs> kind of that's dope I, I didn't know that because they won a dove award what and they put out their last record on goatee records which is from the dude from dc talk and they recorded a cover of jesus freak what for a dc talk cover up get <laughs> out of so here like, that's crazy <laughs> that blew my so mind like, what he just took a real weird turn in like Whoa, 2000 when he formed Fourth Avenue Jones. He just reformed himself. That's crazy. I, you taught me something. That's crazy. The funny thing, though, is like I didn't grow up really listening to rap. You know, my brothers did. And I just remember hearing real music. Not that hip hop isn't real music, but like I just remember like hearing like instruments and stuff. Right. <laughs> like I remember growing up and just hearing somebody play like a like an actual piece. And and, yeah. and break it down like, OK, this is what we're playing. We're going to be in we're going to be in like F sharp minor and we're going to go here. Da, da, da. And I remember, you know, being in choir, like the reason I'm bringing this up is because of church and being like at church and that going down at church. Some of the guys at church kind of went off on a they kind of went off on a tangent and then they started playing Love TKO. And I remember really? being like, and I remember being like, oh, that's the back in the days when I was just a little bigger out. And then they were like, no, 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 this is not that. This is Love TKO, my titty. And I'm like, wait, what, 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 what's TK, Love TKO? And they were like, oh, you, you got to da, da, da. And then I remember asking my stepdad about all these old school songs. So yeah, man, the history with the back in the day song and like my, you know, introduction to, to like a lot of the classic, uh, you know, classics, it was just, it's. It's crazy how it all just like came together. But 
and, and then this song's more classic than I I think I actually realized because yeah. I always knew and liked it. But when I did the research and saw that, like, uh, who is it? Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. Travis McCoy mm-hmm. and Jay, Jay Cole have all like yeah. done their own interpretation of this yeah. song, <laughs> yeah. like in their career. I was like, that's insane that's that that song has had that staying power. Yeah. yeah hey, I didn't know the Teddy Pendergrass song. I was very surprised that I didn't mm-hmm. know that song considering yeah. I think it's one of I think it's one of his biggest, biggest songs. songs. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. How did I miss yeah. this song? I, I but just like you were saying, I knew this song. Yeah, I knew the Ahmad song. Yeah, I did. And yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it was just the yeah. the time or something, or maybe yeah. the Teddy Pendergrass song doesn't get played on the yeah. You know his catalog on, though. I mean, Teddy Pendergrass is crazy. So it's like yeah, you could. You could think about close the door before you think about love TKO. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't know it. Which, <laughs> yeah. Now, now I got to go back. That's the next yeah. thing I got to listen to all day long is catch up on my Teddy Pendergrass because I love the sample. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing the music alone, and that's even when I was listening to the whole album. There's so many good beats. I just, I think we got spoiled in recent years by, you know, listen to the new Kendrick Lamar or something, and it's just, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's crazy where. Uh, you know, hip hop has gone and the exciting dynamics of an album now. Where back in the 90s, it was kind of you had the beat, it's kind of the same beat <laughs> through, through yeah. the, the whole thing. You didn't have this journey you went on for the most part when it came to hip hop. So I think that maybe my attention span is a little bit lower. I think I need like the the craziness. Yeah, a lot of that 90s stuff, even early 2000s, was just, you know, hip hop is coming off of the, the disco like the disco vibe when it's when it starts where it's just like you know you got the the you know 10 maybe 15 seconds of a of a break right and you just go and you just rap on top of the break beat and hip hop was like that for a very long time like late 70s early 80s late 80s even early 90s you just got the and that, even this song right it's just the TKO intro Mm, do 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 and it just loops right it's just like nothing right. else like that's it and like so i think you know now in today's world you know you get all of these artists who are just like in tune with very very complex music theory ideas like i mean yeah. it's just crazy i mean so you see a lot of the influence from these guys talking about what's going on but then you like you mentioned like today you know, to digest something that's like you won't even know who's sampling what in today's world. Like you're talking no. about Kendrick. Like you could go yeah. to his album and be like, what? I didn't even hear that sample. Like he used the Powerpuff Girls. Like, like, yeah. like <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. I didn't even how, hear that. <laughs> how many different yeah. songs, you know, will all be within one song, yeah. but not this. This is one yeah. Teddy Pendergrass sample. <laughs> but, one, one loop. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, that's like, I mean, that's why people constantly refer to like Paul's Boutique as like the most important hip hop album of all time because who referred who says that (laughs) nobody's saying that i think source magazine named it the number one most important raps because that album over 14 tracks they sample 76 different artists and songs like they were doing what girl talk 
decided to do like 20 years later because it was the Dust Brothers in the production booth just being like, yeah. all right, we're going to use this drum loop from this disco track to lead us into sampling. There's a point in that album where they layer the opening of Jaws over top of the shower scene from Psycho. Yeah. So it's like the base of the dump, 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 dump with the reek, reek, reek from Psycho playing over top of it just to create like a really intense moment in the middle of a song before it goes right into like a backbeat into like them sharing verses on the sentence. Rick Rubin was just, and that's why he gets the respect he does in hip hop because, you know, and it's funny, like a lot of kids today, I mean, even kids my age, like talk about Rick Rubin, bro. Like they're going to be like, who? And it's like, wait, yeah. you do hip hop. You don't know who Rick Rubin is like, what? So, I mean, I mean, Def Jam has always kind of, they kind of pushed, like they were pressing the boundaries, man. Like even with the walk this way and the run DMC thing and. Yeah. What year was Paul's Boutique? Okay. 89, right? 89. 89. 89. Okay. All right. So, you know, think about how fast hip hop evolved, though. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if yeah. you think about it, like, okay, when is when is Rapper's Delight come out? So, you know, not that that was necessarily the first, I want to say. it's, but it's That was one of the first as... ones, right? That was one of the first, yeah. like, disco songs that was looped. Uh, right yeah right and good times just over yeah, and over, and over, and over. For 15 yeah. minutes <laughs> yeah but just even from that say late 70s i don't mm-hmm. know exact year yeah. but um you know people were sampling that people were sampling those drum breaks from james brown yes you know, oh my goodness yeah, yeah yes, that was a, bro <laughs> that those was a popular funk, thing to rap on. i have yo i man I, I hate to admit this but i was in a session once and i had a buddy who had a lot of those like um like breaks from some of the like the the old like tapes and i was like bro i hope this dude goes to the restroom so i can just like steal all these breaks off his drive. <laughs> yeah those i guess james brown was famous for leaving those drum breaks oh you know my so gosh. so you had the you had all the disco records that everyone was smashing and destroying because disco was dead. And then rappers were taking those like, Hey, you're not going to use those. So mm-hmm. We're going to rap over those yeah. uh, because some, cause the, you're the not going to use these records with some of them. Yeah. You're going to, you're not going to use these records with some of the most musically talented yeah. performers of all oh my time. Gosh. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And then, but what I guess my main point he- here is Matt, I didn't make, mean to make fun of you about the Paul's boutique thing. No, I just no. don't think of it <laughs> that way necessarily, but how fast now picture let's say just for argument's sake 1977 or something is like when rap starts to i don't know become a little bit mainstream sugar hill gang i I don't know who else at that time but and, and maybe a few years later run dmc so even that say it was 1977 this song we're talking about today ahmad is 1994 that is only 17 years that is the equivalent of right now going back to 2005 it doesn't seem like that long ago for it to progress 
that yeah, far to where it's at you know and that's only crazy. a few years later yeah, yeah think about. a few years later you have a song like california love or something which yeah. i think is just this giant production of a song yeah. and uh so it really feels like it went from zero to a hundred right yeah technology well, technology probably moved that forward because i even think about yeah. how like what my first introduction to music you know how i was like I was making songs on a karaoke machine. I'd have like my brother's CD of an instrumental cut that I don't know if you guys remember, but they used to cut the singles on an actual CD where it'd be like the single, the clean version, the explicit version, and the instrumental. Oh yeah, yeah. And I had like, plenty oh, yeah. of those. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I I used to just just take those from my brother. Right. I'm like, he's gone. He's not using these. And and I just would put it in the karaoke machine. Then I had a blank cassette tape because the karaoke machine yep. had. The little small, you know, four inch TV. It had a CD player on top. It had a microphone, and it had two cassette tapes at the bottom. It's all and you, you need, can, and that, <laughs> dude. I would just like hit record. And I'd hit play on the CD player, and that that instrumental would go, and I'd be on that, and I'd be at school with an actual cassette tape. People would be looking at me crazy. I'm like, bro, you got to listen to what I did on this cassette tape. That's like, amazing. <laughs> that's amazing, man. That's that's the equivalent of like when, you know, first starting bands and we didn't have a way to record and we would take a boom box or whatever yeah. and hit hit record and that was our tape. And we were just it, how exciting is it to have it doesn't matter how bad the quality is. How yeah. exciting it is is it to have a recording of yourself yeah. for the first time oh, yeah. to be able to listen back to it. That was the best feeling. So it sounds like you you were even you had uh, that technology you had there with that karaoke machine was even a little further ahead than what I had when I first recorded. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm saying three, I got three different thoughts in my head right now. First of all, Norman just literally told us the origin story of his entire TikTok presence, which is <laughs> taking the instrumentals and wrapping over yeah. top of it. I didn't even think about that, man. That's crazy. <laughs> now we got some, bro, we got some Norman saying lore. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Norman, I got to tell you something real quick about you. So Matt told me that he booked you for the show and he said, well, you, you got to check out, you know, check out his TikToks and stuff. And then when I went and checked out, I'm like, I already know who Norman is. He, you came up on, you came up on my TikTok, like just as I'm scrolling through, you know? Wow. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Several times you have. I mean, the, crazy. The, the, the the ramen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That came up just in my, whatever you call it, FYP. <laughs> yeah, FYP. Yeah, your For <laughs> yeah, You page, yeah. Yep, yep. You're, you're in my FYP already, man. But, so that's, that's how far your reach has gone. Matt booked you. And <laughs> that's then, dope. <laughs> yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> that is crazy. That's so tight. That's so yeah. tight. Number two, uh, you talking about like creating those beats? Did you have either of you seen uh, was it Beats, Rhymes, and Life, the the documentary about Tribe Called Quest? I haven't. They talk about how Q-Tip didn't know how to make samples or beats, so he would literally put a blank cassette tape into his boombox and just play the ten second part that he wanted to sample over and over and over again, and he would have to record it in ten second increments. Oh my! To gosh. create that like a crazy. ten minute beat for him to rap over top of later which like just fucking love the drive of that and then finally talking about chris putting the music on the boombox obviously you and i've talked about daniel johnston where that dude wouldn't even make copies of his cassettes he would just perform the album in its entirety over and over and over again for every homemade cassette that (laughs) he would sell oh that's tight (laughs) think about how much someone like q-tip had to appreciate when the technology came along (laughs) you know like all of us who are spoiled and had the technology for a long time if you were doing that and then you got to gradually see the technology come along man he had yo you'd be surprised though like i started off my my career as an audio engineer Mm -hmm. you'd be surprised how many of those guys are so stuck in their ways though 
Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've worked at studios where it's like, they will they will need uh to run everything tape they'll have to do everything oh. analog they have to bring out the mpc and they have to run it through everything they have to dub over drums and they have to i'm like bro you know you can Cut just tape. freeze this i'm like you know you can freeze this right you could just <laughs> we could do this digital no right, don't right. It don't feel the same bro it don't feel it i'm yeah. like all right man i'm just could, an engineer so whatever let's yeah, go could for you it. imagine cutting tape i hear these stories about like cutting tape and i'm it, like no it's it's ridiculous no that that's the worst washing pots from you know the ssl like yeah <laughs> i mean the the dirty work that you do that I'm like, bro, you just get a computer. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? The flip side of that is I feel like if you start in those trenches, yeah. when it does go digital, like yeah. I think that one of the only reasons why with video editing, I've been able to constantly go like 10 years not doing any video editing. And then it's like jumping back on a bike is because for the first five years that I did any video work, it was two VCRs hooked up to each oh, other. Jesus. And that was the way I had to edit. So then when you get to like, oh, you can just like digitally click like just cut exactly yeah. where you want the cut instead of like having to hope that you've timed this perfectly <laughs> like, man it, it's it made me so much better at editing quickly and i can do like give me an hour project and i can do the full video edit in under three hours because i spent 10 hours of my life as a kid trying to do the same thing That's crazy. on like and the hardest way isn't it ironic <laughs> how like it's just like just like tying that back into like his song like just the lyrics, right? <laughs> about everything yeah. he did when he was young. That's why I love that track because it makes me think about stuff in that way, like the which we have to acknowledge. All this stuff that he did when he was young. He was seventeen when he wrote this song. Yeah. He was a senior in high he school barely, when he, he got barely his lived life. He was, <laughs> yeah. he was hey. still living. He was literally still living this stuff, bro. <laughs> that, but that's what you know. What's funny? So I have family from California, and it's just something about like West Coast and East Coast people from the East Coast. They grow up so fast. In the South, it's it's so weird because in the South, you're you're basically a child until until like you 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 just milk it. Like everybody yeah. in the South <laughs> just milks it. Like we stay at home forever. We don't move out. Like we we're just like our moms are sweet, Southern hospitality, all that, bro. Like on the East and the West, bro. Like I've heard some horror stories. Like I have friends in middle school. It's like yep. My mom making me get a job. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, what, what you mean a job, bro? You mean cleaning your room? And it's getting rough out here in these streets. I'm just like. <laughs> Which also, because he was a teenager yeah. in uh, 2013, Complex Magazine named this song one of the 19 best songs by teenage rappers over the last 19 years. Hey. And and a couple noteworthy songs that were also on that list was The Block is Hot by Lil Wayne, Man. Little Mama's Lip Gloss, Man. Mac Miller's Donald Trump, and something that we've talked about previously on this show, Jaquan's Tipsy, uh, all made yeah. Complex's I, list. I love Jaquan Tipsy. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Hey, that that uh, guy's career is unfortunate too, man. That, yeah, that, yeah. Like, we, we did a we did, we did a episode, deep dive yeah. on Jaquan. Yeah, man. but I feel like you guys are right though. Like it, I feel like if Amai would have put out more songs, it'd have been a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. You know, first of all, touching on. Yeah, he has this great sample, and then he's touching on nostalgia, and people yeah. are going to eat that up every time. I wanted to talk to you guys about, when you look at the verses of this song, was there anything that he's rapping about in this song that you did, or, or that you can relate to? Hide and go get it. What is the, okay, what's so, hide? So, okay, let me explain this to you. So, okay. in the hood, right? So, like... <laughs> 
This is funny. So when you grow up in the hood, right, there there are just regular games that just are regular games like hide and seek, right? Sure. You know, ding dong, ding dong ditch or whatever you call it. Definitely did that. But there there are remixes. There are hood remixes to everything, right? Just like there are hood (laughs) remixes to food. There there's like a hood remix to uh, a song, right? There, there's okay. always like a hood remix to like a thousand miles, or like you know, there's yeah, always yeah, something yeah, a hood right. remix, right? <laughs> so like, bro, there's a hood remix to hide and go seek, and it's it's instead of like you know counting and then going to find each other and being like, hi, I got you. It's like the dudes would count, the girls would go hide, and whatever dude finds the girl, you can do whatever. It's it's kind of yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's kind of bad, yeah. It Jeez. it was. But I mean, in my hood, it was more so like just kissing, like, you know, just yeah, kiss the girl. Right. And right. we would use that to kiss like the most popular girls if you were like a nerd like me. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, you, like, it's like a version like, of spin the bottle. It's, uh, but yeah. It's like, yeah. A, a exactly. More athlet, it's more athletic. athletic spin yeah. the bottle. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, the girls, they were they were good at hiding, though. Like, yeah. I was at, they, we barely won that that game. But yeah, that's. Hide and go get hide and go get it <laughs> in the bungalows. <laughs> yeah, the only the only one that I kind of can connect to. I mean, I I think I did ding dong ditch once, and my anxiety just couldn't take it, so, <laughs> so I, I was done after that. But there's there's the one line, and I actually love the rhyme scheme of this part too. But he says, uh, saying yo mama's black, his mama this, his mama that. Then you get mad, want to scrap, scrap and- stay mad about ten minutes. Then it's yeah, back, no, on, back the on the bikes. Yeah, and and I definitely I definitely relate to the like those 10 minute hate your friends moments. Yeah. And then like immediately you're just like, all right, let's go swimming. Yeah, like you just like move on with like, that's every, <laughs> like, yeah, man. That's yeah. That, you're right though. That rhyme scheme was crazy. He's using that scat flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. That dude. That, <laughs> and it underrated. bounces back to hood rat, yeah. like five verses early. Dude, the, yeah. the, the fact that a 17-year-old actually crafted what I think has a really kind of complex yeah. rap scheme is is really cool. Yeah, yeah it, it's really good. I mean, some of the references to gazelles, obviously, those were like the low-top Adidas's. I think I had a pair of gazelles that he references. But then he talks about sporting BKs. Do you guys know what BKs are? No, man. No. British Knights. I thought it was British Knights. British Knights. British, British Knights, which were... Yeah, British Knights. usually... They Those shoes, like yeah. High top, and they were usually all white shoes. Yes, and, yes. I, I, okay. And, British yeah, Knights, there was yeah. like when I was, you know, th- it seems like maybe he's about six or seven years older than me based on the lyrics of the song. But British, there was there was the the popular shoe brands. There was it was Nike, Reebok, British Knights were one of them yeah. for a while. Yeah, British Knights. <laughs> and I then realized. I don't know whatever happened to British Knights, but that's that's BK. The only reason um, I know about British Knights. After you said British Knights is because of Martin. Oh, did he oh. wear them? <laughs> Bro, Martin had the most ridiculous shoe collection in the world. Like, a lot of people don't remember that element of that show. Like, his shoe collection was ridiculous. You can even probably, like, look it up now since Google. I'm sure there's, like, a tribute yeah. oh my <laughs> YouTube gosh. channel to his shoes and at I, this point. And I found out about it because I used to follow this channel called Preachers and Sneakers where they, like, these shoe heads, they, like, look at uh, different pastors who, like, have, like, thousand dollar shoes yeah. <laughs> and like <laughs> so like but th- those guys are like shoe heads too and and like i found a channel through their channel that like highlights other um you know like crazy shoe collectors and i was just like whoa i didn't even realize like when i used to watch martin he was always like rocking those and i remember hearing about that growing up like my brothers would be like yeah i think shoe collecting <laughs> so. is actually cool if i had money to to spend on something and collect and keep them 
awesome. Like, I do think that, like, it's really cool. Like, I really like Nike Air Maxes as, like, the only shoes I wear. And if I had more money, I'd be on that on that Nike app buying <laughs> buying yeah. them all the time. And, you know, I'm sure you could make money on them if you yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure an original pair of those British Knights are probably so much money. Yeah, I bet. Like a vintage 1980. Yeah, like this, this 1980 shoe. The one that was the white and the green that this this actually looks like the one Martin had on in this one episode. It's like <laughs> it's six hundred bucks, bro. Damn. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs. But what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Find Yourself, the new single from Punchline, is out now. All leader, all follow, I just want to get there. If anyone knows better, then please show us out of here. I'm not saying I know, but I see the next step. If that's all we can get, then it's better than zip. This is not joke, man, this is a fight. Trying to find yourself in the right place, the right time. Listen to Punchlines, find yourself on Apple Music, Spotify, and everywhere you stream music. Hi, listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You know, they they also talk about, well, I don't remember what the Nike Cortez were. He talks about that in the second verse. Yeah, he talks about Pumas, of course, yeah, K-Swiss. K-Swiss, which, oh my gosh. Yeah, those were, those were also like... They almost look like Adidas. Yeah, I think the Cortez, like extra- the Cortez shoes. That's the one that Forrest Gump wore when he was running around. Oh, nice. That's the Cortez. That's, <laughs> okay, I that's, want those. That's what makes that. Yeah, that I know that. I love Forrest Gump. That's one of yeah, dude. Dude, I don't love get Forrest me Gump. started. So the Cortez <laughs> is what he wore when he when he he ran he ran America in a Nike Cortez. Oh, sick. <laughs> <laughs> and he yeah, uh, in the second verse he he uh, name drops JJ Fad. Who oh, wow. we, could, we could probably easily do a one hit thunder about JJ Fad. There's a line in this song where when he's when I look at it, when I look at the lyrics written out, I'm like, OK, but the way he raps it in the song, he says it. He's saying about girls and he said 
eating pickles with Tootsie Pops. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but there's actually a comma and eating pickles with to- So I think there's a separation. Like they they ate pickles and then later ate Tootsie Pops because the way, the way it is in the song, I'm like, at the same time? It's <laughs> not. You'd be I, surprised, bro. I have a song where I'm like, people always give me crap about it. I'm like uh, ramen noodles and chocolate milk. And like Whoa. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people always like they they make fun of me for that. I had a song like talking about like growing up, and yeah. the opening line was just like ramen noodles and chocolate milk, <laughs> letting Tom fly <laughs> watching Doctor Phil, and people were like ramen noodles and chocolate milk, bro, that sounds gross. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, as long as you're not dumping the chocolate milk into the ramen, nah, noodles. bro. Like, I had, like it was like a tall glass of cold ice cold chocolate milk with some chicken picante spicy ramen noodles. And it, everybody would freak out when they would see it. They'd be like, bro, your stomach is going to hurt. And I'm like, no, this is the best <laughs> combo in the world. Wow. Okay. Maybe it's some. <laughs> maybe it's something like dipping your fries in your Frosty or something that where it doesn't sound good, but then you do it and you're like, oh, that's all yeah. right. The one thing I forgot, though, like that the line, though, looked up to my bigger bro, asked if he can kick it so when he went out with uh groupies i can go tagging along man yeah i just i that line man it just because my brothers are both they're like in their 40s so like they were way older than me when i was young and i just remember being like dang i wish i could hang out with them like because they were just i'm like they were just so cool bro like being you know graduating high school when i was just like learning how to how to play the video game and yeah they're always going out and doing stuff and being like you know six years old you know, my middle brother's going like prom and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, dang role models. Yeah. That's cool. So. I was the only child. I didn't get to experience that kind of shit. That's oh, yeah. And I was the oldest. So <laughs> they were all just disappointed by my example. <laughs> 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 I was the studious good kid. So the only references they got were teachers that had me previously being like, well, your brother would have never done. Oh, this. wow. <laughs> I know. So my, my siblings all went through a period where they just hated me. Wow. Dang. <laughs> Yeah, the bar the bar was pretty low for me. So I, I mean, that was a great thing, bro. Like that, I, I love both of my brothers, but the bar was so low. It was just like, I was just like I'm like, yo, if I could just if I could just graduate, I'm good. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was the only person on my family tree until maybe three years ago that graduated from college. Yeah, exactly. Out of like the entire, I was like, all right. I just, I, like you said, I said I set a high bar for everybody else. It was great. You're mad at you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I could do no wrong after that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, as far as Ahmad, so this song went to number twenty-five on yeah. the Billboard one hundred. So it wasn't exactly a smash hit either. It's kind of a, I mean, top forty. I'd love to have a top forty song. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but but twenty-five. It wasn't like it was you know song of the summer or something. Matt, did you do? Did you look up what else was in the charts at that time? I, so I could not for the life of me figure out when this was on the charts in 2000, in 1994, yeah. and I wasn't going to go week by week throughout yeah. the Billboard history for it. But what I can tell you is that the two biggest songs of 1994 were Ace of Ace of Bass, The Sign, okay. and Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to Whoa. You, and that the best-selling record of that year was TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool. All right. So it was a, I mean, it was a, there was a lot of steep competition, so I think even getting to 26 as a 
17 year old yeah uh, I mean, rapper crazy. is pretty impressive i mean yeah he was charting <laughs> in uk too so like world hit i mean it was probably definitely like a i don't know what it's like to grow up in south central but if you know anybody from south central and you talk about the song they have a fit if they were alive during this time like this was like the the anthem for like people in south central around yeah, that time I mean, i'm sure that so many people could yeah relate to it i mean it seems like everything every verse is so specific yeah it is yeah exactly yeah i mean down yeah down to the shoe brands down to the the games down to uh shout not jj fad it seems yeah yeah it's just like specific you guys probably have that in your city too like i know in houston we have like a hometown hero. Like, I mean, there's like the zero song that everybody in Houston knows, but nobody outside of Houston knows. But like, if you go anywhere in Houston, you can start off the line and then it, it, like everybody can finish the entire song. It is What the, song is it? It's called uh, Mo City Don by Zero. And it, the first lines are like slow, loud and banging all in my trunk. And if you say that to anybody from Houston... And they're going to be like, truck full of fuck. I ain't never been a put. They'll finish the whole song. <laughs> it, it, it's so crazy. But you go anywhere else and you see and you go slow, loud and bang and all in my trunk. They'll look at you crazy. They'll be like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it does not I mean, <laughs> when I first got into rap, like behind my mom's back, I was I was like looking at some um, like underground battles from like just like these Philly these Philly like they just look like scenes from Fight Club they were just like in this like just like real grimy looking spot <laughs> or they're outside and they'd just be battling <laughs> each other and I'd just be like bro these Philly guys are just crazy in Pittsburgh we got black and yellow that's our equivalent is you know <laughs> oh we, my we, gosh y'all were we so got... happy about that <laughs> you, look, know, I, you guys were so happy the whole world heard it we were like yes uh, we hear you Wiz Khalifa <laughs> we got we got Wiz and Mac man you know Mac Miller and Wiz Khalifa is like but it took over the world though man yeah and here's the thing man in Pittsburgh it's it's a it's a rough music town because it's like a lot of like bar <laughs> bar rock bands, like we're yeah. like butt rock and or like, like cover bands. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know we had for for the most part, it's like yeah, you know, we had some some punk rock bands and stuff come out of Pittsburgh, but we also on a on a grand scale, like all we had was Rusted Root. Send me on my way. He was like one big band from Pittsburgh. So when Wiz and Mac hit, at least it was like, okay, that, that's pretty cool, you know? And um, yeah, and then Black and Yellow, still to this day, if you go to a Steelers game or something, you know you're going to hear Black and Yellow at uh-huh. some point or another. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you guys remember, like, I think it was like the Roaring Twenties or whatever. Um, like when that whole thing was like the Nick Carraway type vibes. What is it called? Uh, the Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know if y'all remember, but like a lot of, a lot of great music and a lot of great like because uh, I'm a big music theory guy too. A lot of those uh, pioneers came from Pittsburgh. So like in the 19, really? yeah, like in the 19, like so like 1910, 1920. There's like a lot of uh, like ah oh, man, I want to say this guy's name is like Ray Brown. You got Art Blackie. You got um, Roy Eldridge. I want to say George Benson. You have all of these like you have all of these great musicians who pioneered stuff. Uh, Billy. Um, what's that guy's name? Eckstein, Billy. I, I want to say, bro, but yeah, it's a lot of pioneers from Pittsburgh. So, I mean, there's history, even though yeah. it, it 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 didn't, you know, 
It's a very historic yeah. place. I yeah. mean, this this was. I mean, Pittsburgh's still like you know to a certain extent a major city, but uh, yeah. I mean, when you when you look at the history of Pittsburgh, this yeah, was like crazy. A, a hub but, of so many things, you know, and and so that's why it, you know it's it's in a the, lot of culture here. It's in know? the heartbeat, though. It's in the heartbeat yeah. of the city. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that's that's right. kind of what it is. It's it's same thing with you know. It's, a, it's the same thing I feel like with Philly. Like the, the Philly scene is like the heartbeat of it is just like battle rap, like bar heavy rappers who can just blow your mind. <laughs> like, and then I feel like Cali is just like this laid back, you know, I just like even with a mind, like him just like the way he approached that song, bro. Golly. To be this age and sound this good and already have developed your Your own sound. Your, your whole sound. Every, your yo, your my, voice, man. Hey, you know so jealous. You know as well as anyone, man, that like not only being the the, the technical aspects of yeah. rapping and but also having a personality to your voice yeah. because you don't want to sound like everybody else exactly so many of the so many of the huge artists you could hear one word from them you know who they are right yeah. off the top you know yeah. I, I mean Stoop Dog Dre Tupac Biggie uh you know to you know already talked about Kendrick Kanye, everybody, you hear one word from those guys, you know it's them. Yeah. You know, something real, distinctive. Even at that point. Yeah, there's those guys that have that voice. Everybody. Who yeah. I'm trying to remember who it was that we were talking about. One of the episodes we talked about that the biggest strike against them was that they didn't really like their I know song who it was, was good. Matt. I know who, who it was. It? Craig Mack. Oh yeah, oh, Craig wow. Mack. Flavoring year. Yeah, we did his story's crazy, man. His story's yeah. really crazy. We did that episode and Yeah, because I was confused on that video when I was a kid, bro. I was like, So is this Buster Rhymes or like I, Yeah, exactly. I'm he like, was who like is this? Buster Rhymes light with yeah. his delivery <laughs> and he he didn't have diet. anything. He's dying he Buster. Diet I'm sorry. Buster. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh this is Buster Zero yeah. oh my gosh it's cool that Ahmad had I yeah. feel like he has a that's that's important because I even with me man like every every artist grows up and then they just sound like somebody for so long until they don't like Kendrick sounded like Lil Wayne forever until he didn't you know what I'm saying like I don't know if you guys noticed but like he was like K-Dot at first and then when he was K-Dot he was obsessed with Lil Wayne. Like he even had like this album, like C4. He like drew on his eyelids, kind of like Lil Wayne did. He was like a huge Lil Whoa. Wayne fan. Everybody loved, everybody loved Lil Wayne then. Like, cause Lil Wayne was just that guy, just like, just dropping nonsensical bars. It's just like, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. so high. I can eat a star. And everybody's like, Oh my God, this is the best <laughs> thing ever. And then like yeah. Kendrick was on that same wave where he's just like, he wanted to do that. Like that, that tone that Lil Wayne had, but it, it was Kendrick's voice, so it didn't come out perfect. And then it just developed into this thing and it just became Kendrick. Same thing with like uh J. Cole. Like yeah. J. Cole, uh, he was like always listening to like Eminem and Jay-Z, and he was like trying to merge the two. Right. <laughs> and he even talks about how he was like, it just didn't come out right. And then I finally right. found well, and then like he, he got this little Nas, like he wanted to be Nas. So he was like, Okay, I can turn on my Jay-Z, my Nas, my Eminem. And then it just happened to you know fit his own style and he just developed his own style my favorite example of any of that though is like listen to eminem infinite yeah and like infinite. hear eminem that. then then listen to the outsiders which was like the crew from new jersey yes. that eminem started collaborating yes with. I know and then exactly you listen to the about. slim shady lp and it's like yeah. 
oh my God, he picked up so much of the outsider's cadence with the stuff where it's just like, especially in like my name, yes. is, you know, where he's like extraterrestrial, yeah. running over pedestrians, yeah, yeah. and it's like exactly raping lesbians. About. Like, oh my God, outsiders should have been yeah. the biggest. They were so group. dope. I found them on accident because I went through, I had went back in the day when there was like LimeWire. I like yes. did the whole Eminem like discography thing, and I got like Rick rolled like three times until I actually, <laughs> like, <laughs> until I got a like actual discography, and it like it had some like tapes, like it had some like freestyle stuff, and then there's like some songs that he had, and I guess this was when he like he was in his Vanilla Ice phase. He had a Vanilla yeah. Ice phase where he just wasn't even like super lyrical. He was just kind of like rapping just to rap. Like, hey, yo, my name is Joe and I come from the, and you already know. It's like white, blue, and red, and yellow. <laughs> and then there was some stuff like the Outsiders and there was like a collab. And then there was the Infinite thing and there was like all this other like freestyle stuff where he started doing the, like the whole syllable thing. Like, uh, how do you feel about having another baby brother? Nasty trucker. Talking like, a, I like to smoke the chocolate tie. Walking by, you could die. Give it an awkward eye. Like that was all like, that was like the, <laughs> the outsiders type flow. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I tell people yeah. about that and they're like, Oh, this is so crazy. Dude. The second someone played me the first, like they're like, here, listen to some of this group real quick. And I listen to them like, yep, this is, uh, and and he said it on like it's not even like it's like oh this undercover secret like he references them in a bunch of his early albums I think they had a falling out because of Marshall Mathers LP because two of them recorded guest vocals for I want to say either Amityville or Remember Me and someone in the studio was like this song's too long you can only keep one of one of the guest vocals tracks and I think it's Amityville he kept bizarre. And cut the outsiders, and they, I guess they felt really like disrespected by that. Yeah, that's just how it is with Eminem's <laughs> life, bro. Like, I feel like even with the, uh, the, um, like the Bass Brothers, right? The, the guys yeah. who were like producing for him early on, who are like, they're responsible for all of the hits. And then <laughs> you're like, you don't know. They're like unsung heroes because the, I mean, it's just like the, I don't know if it's the label or if it's just what's going on with the music. It, it just makes, one you can only have one star you know what i mean you can yeah. only have one star and it's like nobody else can get their flowers or like their roses which is why i think now i think the game is going to change because now like i feel like it's direct to consumer with like tiktok and stuff like the, the world it's crazy now yeah like you could yeah. you could be an artist and not need a label well, let's talk about that real quick, actually, because you've been kind of doing you've been doing all right doing that yourself right now. Yeah. You're showing up on both of our uh, For You pages. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And it's like both, you know, guys are hip hop heads, music heads, music lovers. You're also like just random, like just from different parts of the world. So it's just like different, you know, upbringings. And so I think it's dope. And um, yeah, that's I don't know. I just feel like the game is going to change now because now it's who's going to be in control. Yeah, the I think are. it's I, I would hope I would hope that you're right about that. It just yeah. who's in charge of those algorithms. They're obviously they're obviously working well for you right now. And that's great. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> at some at some point, if someone gets a hold of those and messes with them to favor people with money or something, mm, you know, like that's, that's, that's how it always works. Yeah, that's the worrisome part. You know, that's kind yeah. of the way things were is you needed to get signed to a label and then that label would put money behind you. And that's the only way you were going to make it. Well, now. Like you said, artists can make it as long as yeah. as long as the integrity is kept yeah. of the places that you you know that it's based on who is actually good, who people are actually watching, and it's not 
warped by money. That's, yeah, see, that's, that's, why that's our generation. Like, and like our generations are like, but I feel like Gen, like the new, the Gen Z, Gen X or whatever they are, they are all about P2P. Like they share everything. I mean, these kids share everything. They share everything. Like now it's to the point to where I saw a commercial the other day where I think it was like Jaden Smith. He's like, you don't want to go buy new right. jackets. How about you get a jacket that's last forever? That was worn by somebody 13 years ago. <laughs> it's like, they're going to start sharing clothes now. It's just like, it's just like uh, let's recycle clothes. So, so, I get yeah, it. Jaden's Jayden, making, tra- <laughs> making a commercial for like Goodwill. No, like, it, was, like, it was actually a Levi's right, commercial, but right. I, I didn't know what was going on. And, and I guess Levi, they're going to start like uh, repurposing like old throwaway clothes or whatever and to make like and they're gonna st- they're gonna start selling less I, it's just well, but it's half crazy. the time when i walk into target i think it's the 90s yeah. just based on the what? clothes on the rack and stuff. <laughs> the, the, so true. The, the levi's campaign too which i i saw this and i actually yeah. i mean i like levi's as a brand but th- their yeah. point is hey our stuff's a little bit more expensive but it lasts where it lasts forever yeah it yeah. lasts forever <laughs> as opposed to you're gonna go buy something from somewhere else made cheap and it's gonna just buy one piece buy one denim jacket for the rest of your life exactly. and then give it to your little brother right <laughs> which, it's like which I actually kind of like that that thinking. No, I love it, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying this new generation. They're like, if if the algorithm starts to to mess with the way that people are receiving music, especially today in today's world, they're gonna be like, okay, well, I'm gonna stop using that platform and I'm gonna go to Reddit or I'm gonna go to Twitter or I'm gonna go here. Well, at some point, the the whatever the industry usually bends to what people use. It's kind of like. I, I believe I believe this is true. I do think that YouTube plays count towards something. It has to be like a so it's a certain number. Right. So like right. there's like a thousand. I mean, I think you have to get like five thousand plays for one album sale. Maybe ten thousand. Yes. But they change it a lot though. Right. So like it just depends on like the the see. And that's the thing. It's like the the metrics will always change. Well, yeah, because I was gonna say the metrics have to keep changing yeah. because like. In my brain, with the amount of TikToks that I've seen using Lizzo's About Damn Time, that should have been the number one song for the last like month oh and a gosh, half. Yeah. And I think Wait it's a like I'm gonna need Like it's in the top five, <laughs> but it's like what other songs are getting well, as about, much attention what about as this my song? My money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds. How, that should be the number one song <laughs> in the world, right? <laughs> but you know what? No, okay, so it's so funny you brought that up. So the guy actually started the controversy about this was I feel like astronaut in the ocean. Yeah. So, okay. When that song came to, and it hit TikTok and it did its thing and the streaming numbers went crazy. Soundscan had no choice because it was, it was streamed on Spotify so much. Ah. Same thing with 24 karat golden. Like a lot of people thought that kid was like an industry plant or something, but it's like, no, he had Charlie Domenio use his song and it just went crazy. And that's how his song was number one. And then Sony was like, okay, I guess we'll put, you know, a couple million into this on a, you know, a a music video or whatever. But um, both of those guys have like the same story. They're like, yeah, it went on TikTok. And then the amount of people that went to TikTok and started streaming it made it, you know, go, go crazy. Well, this goes back to kind of your point about people sharing things is like, Somebody, I mean, that Jiggle Jiggle song is a perfect example. Someone repurposed, <laughs> someone repurposed an interview, audio from an interview, and someone put a beat to it and created a song that people liked. I guess if 
these songs the other the other one i think of which i've used it plenty of times is the here comes the boy you know that one the one that people always put in cat videos it's just like a clip of a song but but then i guess you have you got to take that song and put it on spotify a place where people are just going to stream the song yeah. and listen to it exactly. uh, i mean is is there there's nothing in place at all yet or, or were you <laughs> saying norman that there is something no i'm saying oh, so for TikTok yeah no like views no there is for but it just depends like in the, the case of the astronaut in the ocean they broke off tiktok like yeah. they went number one and charted for like a very long time wow. just because of tiktok wow. and yeah, I, like, I think that was similar with palfu yeah uh which i mentioned before that deathbed song like they use the sample the chorus in so many tiktok videos that people started checking out the actual the song yeah, right song on Spotify. Oh, what's that What's like that one song it. that went back to number one after like 30 oh, years you... or 20 years? The dude with the cranberry juice. He was like on a oh, skateboard oh, or something. the Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah, Fleetwood yeah. Mac. Yes. <laughs> Bro, like it, it I, one day, I because I always check billboards and one day I was on billboard, I was like, oh my God, this song is back on like they made history. Yeah. Like they went back to the chart. Like they charted again and then like just recently Frank Ocean did with uh, uh, Lost and it's just like, wow, this is crazy. Really? That it, it can, that, yeah. I... Wow, the, the songs can resurge into into a billboard. Jeez, Frank Ocean, he puts out an album every ten years. He's just like, I don't even need to; it'll just get popular again. That's how good. Hey, it is. that's another that's another Def Jam Rick Rubin thing right there. Yeah. Those guys are innovators. Yeah, for like- sure. <laughs> okay, well, before we're, we got to wrap this up, we got to decide if Ahmad brought the one hit thunder or if he was a one hit blunder. One thing I will say, <laughs> one thing I will say is that. I can't find any information. There's like no information yeah. on what happened to this dude. I can't even find yeah. a story of why he Besides that, besides that, well, I mean, I told you it was giant. It was the giant Warner Brother. Uh, it was like a subsidiary. And then that that record label like failed. Oh. And then uh, because that record label failed and his contract was tied up into it, he couldn't put out music. So, Jeez. I mean, I guess he just was yeah, like. And that's when he moved. Yeah. Because he never stopped. Nah. Like, it's like he. I think the full breakdown of the story was that he had this song in 1994 record label issue held him up for a couple of years. He did that fourth Avenue Jones from 2000 to yep. 2005, 2006. He went back to college and got a degree in African-American studies and sociology. Yeah. And then finally put out when he was done college four years later, put out the second Ahmad album. Yeah. <laughs> So so he kept himself busy. I I applaud him on that at least. At least he released yeah. more music. I mean, yeah, was, and there was like yeah, there's like yeah. that band and there's some other stuff. He yeah, I mean he he kind of stayed he stayed in the game. But I I definitely think him wanting to pursue like a a superstar type career kind of like took the and a lot of those California a lot a lot of the Cali guys are like that. Like Kendrick is slowly becoming that guy now. Mm-hmm. And and it sounded like the Fourth Avenue Jones. They first were they put out two self released albums, got signed to Interscope, yeah, and then Interscope just didn't put out their record, yeah. like held them up on a contract thing forever, and then eventually dropped them, and they did more self released records after that. So both cases, he kind of got fucked over by record labels. Yeah. Is what but, what it comes down but to. He definitely, yeah, he definitely could have could have kept going on a very commercial, right. Yeah, he could have went commercial path, like for like he could have kept it going easily. I'm giving Ahmad a thunder. It, I'm saying that I'm, I'm saying gonna, to release I'm a song. This, it's unanimous. Yeah, is this an instant <laughs> unanimous? We're we're saying yeah, this it's is unanimous. Instant, right? To release yeah. this song when you're 18 years old, get screwed over by a record label, 
eventually put out music again. Most people, it, it sounds like it's a little bit out of his hands. And yeah. at 18 years old, who knows what you're signing or agreeing to. And then uh, the fact that he was able to have a hit in the top 40 at this time. In 1994, we've talked about on this show a lot, it was a very stacked year for music and everything in general. So the fact that he was able to break through in any way in the top 25 or whatever he hit, I'd say Ahmad brought the thunder. One last quick thing, though, Norman, where if people have been listening and saying, man, this dude knows his shit, where can they go to hear more of your tracks, follow you on TikTok and all of that? Yeah, yeah. just N-O-R-M-A-N-S-A-N-N. I'm not even trying to sound douchey, but like you can just Google it. And uh, all of the <laughs> yeah, all of the links will pop up, the Spotify, Apple Music, the YouTube stuff, and just just have fun. I mean, I am the the genre bender. So if you if you like rap a little bit uh, but you like but you favor singing more i have some of that if you favor hip-hop i got some boom bap hip-hop if you favor melodic stuff i got some melodic stuff also we working on some some heavy metal and some country so wow i got some of that coming out nice <laughs> yeah but just just man just having fun like i, I mean I, i'm blessed to to be independent now so it's like i could just do whatever i want it's like if I'm just motivated to make whatever, I'll make whatever. So yeah, N O R M A N S A double N. If you don't find me on your own, bet you're gonna hear it from your friend. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> like Riley Reed Dude, with these loads. <laughs> and and I mean, hit up hit up those TikToks. Yeah. The way that you make the last line of your TikTok go into the like yeah. back to the beginning, <laughs> thanks, so that man. it's like an eternal loop. Uh, thanks. Every time I'm like, how's he going to do it? This yeah, time? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Brand, yo, brands are really into that, too. So they've been hitting me up trying to trying to they're <laughs> trying to get me to do stuff like that for them. And I'm like, I'm with it. Nice. You got to get that Betty Crocker deal for Bro. all those cakes. you've been. Oh, making. my God. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band's Punchline Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Runiverse off of the Punchline remix album, Politefully Dead. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and Matt at WeKnowPodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of... One hit thunder. You are my universe. You are my universe. I'm just a
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I feel like Chicago's. Yeah! Down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.